0: Welcome to the Rhodes Church podcast. We are so excited to connect with you. We hope that this podcast builds your faith and that you will be encouraged and inspired by this week's message. I want us to continue in the short time that we have uh, to talk about kingdom culture. I'm going to do my best to condense my message down. I'm only preaching on one verse today, but that one verse uh, has a lot of information in it. So here we get excited about the word here at the roads because we believe it is life to those who find it and health to all their flesh. So we don't just go to the word during our good times, we go to the word during our tragic times because it is hope, it is help, it is strength to us, it is peace to us. So we can still get excited whenever we open our Bibles. So if you've got them, come on, Mount Carmel, North City, E-Roads family. Let's open up our Bibles today to Matthew chapter 13. Matthew 13, sermon notes are available there in your worship guide or on your YouVersion Bible app. Why do you need notes? Because note takers are world changers. Thank you very much. Matthew 13, verse 33, one verse, one verse. It says, another parable, he spoke to them, he being Jesus, said, the kingdom of heaven is like Leaven which a woman took and hid in three measures of meal till it was all leavened. The kingdom of heaven is like leaven, which a woman took and hid in three measures of meal till it was all leavened. Talking about the kingdom of heaven. Remember when I talk about the kingdom of heaven, just briefly, I'll insert this, we're not talking about the place, the geographical place of heaven. Kingdom of heaven is talking about the system of heaven, the culture of heaven, how, king, uh, how heaven operates. We define culture as a set of attitudes, values, goals, and practices of a society or an organization. So kingdom culture, why we're talking about this, is that we want to live our lives with a set of attitudes, values, goals, and practices that match the system of heaven. It's not about here. It's not about the culture of modern day society. It's the culture of heaven that we're modeling after. When I'm not modeling after what, we, what the culture has evolved into. God doesn't need to evolve. God's right. He's God. He created it all. He started it all. He doesn't need to evolve. So I don't care how culture evolves into different values. God doesn't evolve. His ways are the way, the truth, and the life. It's all right. That's all right. You're warming up to me. Every kingdom, every kingdom has its own language, currency, customs, and laws. Every kingdom. So the kingdom of heaven is no different. The kingdom of heaven has its own set of attitudes, values, goals, and practices. So here's what we're supposed to do. We're supposed to model our attitudes, values, and goals, and practices according to that. So what does he say the kingdom of heaven is like? What does he say the system? He likens it to something. He says the, the system of heaven, the, the culture of heaven, the process of heaven, it's like, what is it like? He said it's like it's, it's like leaven. Leaven. What in the world does he mean by leaven? I did a lot of studying this week. I can't give you all of it. Some of you bred people. You know a lot more than I do. I knew nothing about baking bread. I knew nothing about yeast, how it works, anything, so I went on a deep dive. Deep dive of studying the intricacies of yeast and leaven. I don't have time to tell you all of it, but it was really good. We'll talk about it sometime. But here's what leaven means. The word leaven means to ferment. It's the main ingredient added to make bread rise or yeast. Some of this will be obvious to some, some it will not. But I wanted to know, why did Jesus say leaven? Why did he say the system or the kingdom of heaven is like leaven? One little verse, and he just throws it out there. Hey, if you want to know what heaven's like, it's like leaven. I got nothing. I I did. I was like, cool. So here's what I found. Fermentation is the key process in making bread. It's the science behind how flour, water, and salt, and yeast come together to transform bread. The base, you need two things to make bread rise. You need a base and you need a strain. The base is the carbohydrates. It's the flour and the salt, and then you have the yeast being the strain. Yeast is considered, I didn't know this either, yeast is considered a living organism. Go figure. I know you're like, duh, Chad. But I'm serious, I didn't know. It's a living organism. It has one of the characteristics of living things, the ability to use energy. Yeast literally eats. Like it feeds off of sugars. So when it gets around sugars, carbohydrates, it eats them. And the process of eating them, it releases something. It has a byproduct of that reaction. And that byproduct is carbon dioxide. So what happens, as soon as yeast comes in contact with flour and water, it starts the fermentation process. And this reaction produces carbon dioxide and gas, which is retained in the dough through small pockets of the gluten structure. And as more gas is produced the gluten begins to rise. So yeast releases carbon dioxide, but if the carbon dioxide is not retained in the dough, it just goes into the air and it does nothing. But if it's retained in the dough, in those small pockets of the gluten structure, (laughs) I studied hard. If it retains it, if that bread will retain the yeast, then that yeast will cause it to rise. It will expand it. It gets trapped in there, and that's what yeast does. So what is the yeast in the leavening process? The yeast acts as a catalyst. What is a catalyst, you might ask? A catalyst is an agent that provokes or speeds significant change or action, check this out, without itself being affected. An agent, a catalyst, something that speeds up or provokes significant change Without itself being changed or affected. that's important. So the kingdom of heaven is like leaven. It is a catalyst that provokes or speeds up change without itself being affected. Now catalyst can be two different ways. A catalyst can be slow-acting, mild, like water on metal outside. Water gets on the metal, No big deal. No instant chemical reaction, but if you let it sit there long enough, what happens? It turns into rust. So some leaven has a gradual effect. Some leaven, if you put that same water on sodium metal, just a drop of water on sodium metal releases hydrogen and it creates such heat that it will literally explode. If you throw a huge chunk of sodium metal into the water, it will, instant. So some yeast or some interaction, some catalyst cause a gradual impact. Some cause a very instantaneous impact. Hold that thought. Yeast or leaven is a catalyst that speeds or provokes change while itself is not affected. It is an influence-er and not an influence Jesus said the kingdom of heaven is like leaven. The kingdom of heaven is an influence-er, not an influence e. The kingdom of heaven is the one that provokes change while it is not affected. It stays the same. Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He does not change. The world around him changes, but he doesn't change. In the Bible, leaven is usually used in a negative context regarding influence. In Mark chapter 8, verse 15, it says, "Then, Then he charged them, saying, Take heed, beware of the leaven of two groups, leaven of the Pharisees and leaven of Herod. Now, there's a lot that I wanted to say about this, so I'm not, I'm not going to have time. But The leaven of the Pharisees represents a religious spirit. He says, beware of the leaven, of the Pharisees. Beware of the teachings or the thought process or the ideology of the Pharisees. It is a religious spirit. And if a little bit of that gets into you, it can begin to contaminate the rest of you. It's a religious spirit that says, I just come to church and I go through the formalities and I try and earn my way into heaven. That is religion. Religion focuses on me. Religion focuses on why I'm not worthy or why I am worthy. Religion focuses on what I need to do to get me right. What I need to stop to get me right. That's religion. Run from it. It sounds good. It's presented good. We can say, well, if I can just get my life a little bit cleaned up and get things in order, then I'm going to be in good shape. That's religion. Good luck saving yourself. A lot more I on that, but let's go to the, the, the leaven of Herod. What is the leaven of Herod? Is a political spirit. Herod being a ruler, this is about politics. Leaven of Herod, 11, the leaven of politics, says that we look for answers outside of Jesus. We look for our solutions in the processes of man instead of the processes of God. We get loyal to people in political situations more than we are loyal to Jesus. Part of the problem in our society is because the church has been intimidated into thinking that we were supposed to remove ourselves from politics. And the church believes it. They believe it hook, line, and sinker in general. And so we've thought that I don't want to speak about this issue because someone's going to say I'm being political. Just because I'm speaking a belief system on a current issue does not mean I'm political, does not mean I'm being political, I'm just being biblical. I can give a biblical viewpoint on an issue in public, and just because your source of that belief is political, that does not mean mine is. So just because someone says this is the way it is, when I begin to speak against abortion, I'm not speaking on a political issue. I'm speaking on a biblical issue. It is not. I don't care what party lines up with the Bible. I don't care what one doesn't. I'm not concerned with a political party. I'm concerned with a biblical issue that killing unborn children is a biblical issue. And people can get mad and say, oh, you're just being political. That is not political to give a biblical viewpoint. It doesn't matter. We can talk about marriage. If we talk about the sanctity of marriage, it is not hateful to give a biblical viewpoint on what God says about marriage. I love dearly some people that disagree with that lifestyle and living in a homosexual lifestyle. I love them dearly, but I love them enough to tell them the truth of the word of God. Because only God can save me and us all together. I'm not looking down and saying I'm better than anybody, but I'm not going to water it down so someone can say I'm being political. The church has to wake up and say, Hey, we have a right to stand for the Bible. The Word of God is our belief system. That's not angry. That's not hateful. That's not pushing anybody out. It's welcoming and in saying, come and receive freedom. Yeah. But the church, oh, Jesus. <laughs> the church has bought this into we don't want to offend anybody. you yeah, right. We don't want to upset anybody. And we valued people's feelings more than we valued the truth of the word of God. Yeah. Yeah. I don't want to say anything because I don't want to hurt their feelings. So I know pastors that are changing their position on same-sex marriage because they just don't want to offend anyone. I'm not here to offend anyone intentionally. Here's what I'm saying. I am not going to be judged someday on the size of my church. My objective called by God into this ministry My objective is not to get as many people as I can to come into the church. My objective is to rightfully divide the word of God and deliver it to people and let them decide what they want to do with it. Because when I stand before God, I will be able to take however many hundred, however many thousand and say, Lord, look at my flock. Look what I did for you. I will stand alone all by myself, and he will say, Chad, did I not say in the word that not many of you t- should desire to be teachers because they will receive a stricter judgment? Yes. yes, sir, you did. What did you do with my word? Well, I didn't want to hurt anybody's feelings. I didn't want anybody to bash me on social media. I didn't want them to cancel me. I didn't want to ruffle anybody's feathers. So I just acquiesced and placated and conceded. So they're nice people, so I don't want to offend. When is the church going to say, God, let me be leavened. God, let me be Yeast. Bible, <laughs> let me go back to this. Matthew 33, Matthew thirteen thirty three is not a negative connotation of the effect of leaven. It is a positive one. And look what it says. The kingdom of heaven is like leaven. It's like leaven. What is leaven? I, I, I studied this about leaven. Again, some of you, please forgive me. You already know this. I'm just slow to the table. But when you when you get dough and you sprinkle in some yeast and you knead it, you work in that yeast and that yeast starts to get into all of it, when you're getting ready to bake it and you've got it all set up and you're getting ready to, you, they grab off a portion of it and set it aside. And that's what they call starter dough. And they're going to use that on their next batch. Batch. They've already got some. It's already got yeast in it. So it's something that's already got yeast in it. It sets it aside and it's going to use it later. So here's here's what I thought was interesting. Notice what it says: that when a woman took and hid three measures of meal till it was all all leaven, she hid it. She concealed it. She put it inside of something else to make it it was invisible. It was mixed in. Nobody knew anything about it. Nobody knew any different. It's just a little bit of leaven. Just a little bit leavens the whole lump. But it says it was put in there because it already had something in that that starter dough had something on the inside of it and when you put it in with this other dough what was inside of it begins to infect what's inside of that so so it goes on to say this so what's the spiritual application let me give it to you in just oh i need 20 minutes for this part but i'm going to do it quickly what is the spiritual application of leaven living yeast is a living organism i thought this was incredible so i'll try to do it just from memory I studied really hard. So, so yeast really gives off carbon dioxide. And I'm like, wait a minute. So yeast is a living organism that does what it does, whatever yeast does. And its byproduct that it gives off is carbon dioxide. And that carbon dioxide, if retained by the bread, causes the bread to rise to a level that it could not on its own. Processing, processing, processing. Lord, what are you saying? What are you saying? Yeast is a living organism. We are living organisms. What is a byproduct that we release when we live? When we breathe out, we breathe out carbon dioxide, CO2, same thing. So what happens if us as a living organism, what do we do when we're breathing? What do we do when we speak? When you speak, you're breathing, you're releasing. You cannot speak and hold your breath at the same time. Try it. Nothing comes out. Nothing comes out. For you to whisper, you have to breathe. CO two has to come out. So here's what I felt like God was saying: that He's put something on the inside of us. The leaven on the inside of you. John chapter 14. You can see it. The Holy Spirit on the inside of you. Jesus is the leaven and gets on the inside of us. And now we become the starter dough. Yeah. That's infected with yeast. And then He takes us and He puts us in some lumps somewhere. And he says, I want you to begin to infect that lump with what's on the inside of you. I want you to begin to release what's on the inside of you and cause them to rise to a level that they couldn't come to on their own. How do we do that? How do I do that? I do that by releasing carbon dioxide. It's not like me just going around breathing on people. You may have bad breath. Please don't breathe on me. But you can do it by speaking into their life. Because Romans tells me this, in Romans chapter 14, verse 19, therefore let us pursue the things which make for peace and the things by which we may edify or build up or cause to rise to fullness or completion. How do you help other people? You speak into their life. But here's the problem, here's the problem. (laughs) People, People think we can only be leaven if we're nice and saying what people want to hear. We're not going to cause people to rise to another level with telling them where they already are. I've got to speak something into them that's going to take them higher. And I can't take them higher, but the Word of God can take them higher. Jesus didn't pull my life out of the pit when I'm... uh, When I'm steeped in drinking and and, uh, pornography and sexual immorality, he didn't pull me up out of the pit by coming to me and saying, Chad, it's okay. I know it's a struggle living the way you are, and it'll be okay. You just do the best you can. That didn't pull me out. You know what pulled me out? He showed up in my third floor apartment, and he said, Chad, it's either that or me. Which is it? And the holiness of that presence, truth, smacked me in the face. It hit me, and I hit my knees, and I said, Jesus, it's got to be you. I don't even know what I'm saying. I don't know where I'm going to go. I don't know how I'm going to get out of this situation. I don't know how I'm going to change my life, but I choose you. Truth caused me to rise to a level that I could not on my own, and it was the breath of the living God that spoke to me. So I'm saying to us, look what he says. He says, the kingdom of heaven is like leaven. It's a catalyst. It's a catalyst. It provokes. Here's the summary version. Here's what I felt God was asking me. He he was speaking this to me, and I'm just giving it to you because he was asking me, Chad, will you be leaven for me? I have a lump that needs your leaven. He said, Chad, will you be a catalyst for me? Will you be a catalyst? Will you be a provoker? No, we don't want to be provokers because we think that's negative. We think provoking is negative. Provoking is not negative. You ever had a trainer that provoked you? Maybe you haven't. You ever had a coach that provoked you? Maybe not. You ever had a teacher? Anybody have any illustrations that apply to someone here today? You ever had somebody that got in your face and provoked you to do something you didn't want to do and is the best thing that ever happened to you? That's the kind of provoking that God's saying, where is my leaven? I don't mean to yell for emotionalism. I don't mean to yell for hype. I'm just saying God is burning on the inside of me because he's asking me, Chad, will you be my catalyst? Will you be leaven for me in this world? It comes with a price. It comes with rejection. It comes with hateful things said about you. It comes with all kinds of things. Will you be leavened? Because there's a lump of friends at school that God is asking, will you be leavened for me in that lump? There's people in your workplace that God says, I've got a lump of people at your job. Will you go be leavened in there for me? Will you sprinkle some yeast into those people who right now are not living the way that I want them to? But will you love them and keep speaking truth into them so that I can cause them to rise out of that into a life that I have for them? He says, Where's my leaven? Who who will be a catalyst for me? Who who will be the one that makes a difference? Who's who's gonna sign up for that? So, oh Jesus, I got I gotta stop there. I gotta stop there. Here's the challenge to you and I. We cannot leaven others unless we are first leavened. Plain dough into plain dough does not raise dough. That's off the cuff. That's the best I got. I don't know know where it came from. I was not prepared. That was good, Lord. Thank you, Lord. We can't. I can only cause someone else to rise to another level if I'm allowing the yeast of the Holy Spirit, Jesus, in me to cause me to rise to another level. If I'm allowing God to speak in me and expand me, then now he in me, he is the yeast. I'm not the yeast, he is. But he's put on the inside of me. Now when he places me in some dough and some relationships, circle of friends, places of influence, we will tell them, hey, there's something inside of me. I want to edify you. I want to speak into you. I want to encourage you. I want to speak the word over you. You release your carbon dioxide. You release the words of God. Some bread will not receive it. If there's no pockets in that gluten structure, the carbon dioxide goes into the air and does nothing for the bread. But if the bread will hold it, Oh, if the bread will open up parts of its life to receive it, all of a sudden, those empty places, those empty pockets get filled with the Word of God. Do you have some empty places in your life that need to be filled with the Word?